What's going on, guys? Nothing much. Today's Goodwill Day. Goodwill Day. Oh. Today's donating Goodwill or buying. Day. Donating or buying. I'm donating literally everything that I own. Not everything, but like there's stuff that we haven't like opened since we've been here. And like in trash bags, I'm like, if I haven't used it since now, since then, like there's no way I'm gonna need it anymore. So I'm getting run into all of it. Are you making room for something or someone possibly? No, like legit, all I'm doing is like cleaning up my house by the time I need to clean stuff up. You should get rid of that that lamp right there behind you. Looks like it's from the 80s. Uh, it's April's. Uh, April, whose lamp? Who gave us this lamp? Oh, okay. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, we could get rid of this lamp if we wanted to. Uh. Oh, for real? That's crazy. But yeah, nah, just a little bit of spring cleaning. That's fun. Nah, it's not. I actually <laughs> liked you when you wore that. You wore that too. Keep it. All right, so let's get started. Welcome in to Off the Cuff Sports. Hope you enjoyed the two weeks without us. How's everybody doing? Outstanding. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, drinking water. Okay. Well, we know you're thirsty, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving from there. Ouch. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> All right, so who is the team in distress this week? I think I know Lamoris's answer. Don't actually. I'm not going with that team. <laughs> You're not? I, I'm not. Uh, I have a second one. Um, if y'all don't have any, uh, I'd like to throw out the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. For a couple, of, uh, a couple of reasons. The Bulls just made a trade. Um, and at the time when it happened, we thought it was a fairly, you know, good trade. You get uh, Vucevic, who's, I wouldn't say like a star star, but like he's a at least all-star level talent to help this roster um, not be so bad, for lack of better words. And you still have Zach Levine, you still have. Uh, in my opinion, a trash Laurie Markkinen, but you know, people seem to like him for whatever reason. Not trash. Uh, debatable, but uh, this team is still terrible. And I guess the, the worst part about what they're doing, like, of course they're bad and we understand that they've been bad, but you gave up Wendell Carter Jr., who was a young talent, uh, I don't think he's going to be like all-star level, but he's at least a starting caliber um, center going forward. You gave up Otto Porter and you gave up two first round picks and your team is still trash. And, and you don't reap the benefits of having a trash team because you gave up your first round picks. I, it's hard to uh, 
look at what the Bulls are doing and, and see any positive signs. Like it, they've lost five straight games to the Grizzlies, the Magic, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, and the Hawks. And none of those teams, I think, are unbeatable. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, that's my team for, for this week. More to come. Okay. Solo, who you got? The Yankees. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. The Yankees. Yeah. Let's be petty, guys. Lamar, you should have took advantage of this. Yeah. I mean, as even though they have the worst record in the AL, which is the first time since what year, JT? I don't know. It's been a minute. Oh, it, it, it was like 98, something like that, that they had the absolute worst record in the So um, right AL. before they, they went and won three straight World Series. Right. So, okay. Yeah, so, right okay. So, they bought all the best people in the MLB, but that's none of our business. Or hey, whatever it takes. Here's the thing, though. I The only reason I didn't want to put them in this ranking is so early on, and every team essentially in the MLB outside of the Colorado Rockies, um, they're, they're god awful. Um, every team is essentially within three games of 500, plus or minus, you know? So, yes, the right. Yankees have the worst record, but they're five and eight, and they're just three games under 500, you know? Is that really that bad? Yeah, but know. at the same time, have you been watching these games? Have you – I mean, they, no. they're they just they, – they it's not like – like last night they lost eight to two. And it Good. wasn't because the Blue Jays are that much better than them. It was literally they, they just had error after error, like a routine tag up and throw back to first base situation. He hits the runner while he's throwing the second baseman, not the third baseman, not somebody from across the diamond, but the second baseman that could have possibly ran it down. That's how close he was. He could not throw the ball the 10 feet and not throw it accurately. Good. So we love to see it. Yeah. I hope they keep doing this. Yeah. It it I want to see the Yankees be so bad that they just put a salary cap on the MLB. I want I want yeah, the Dodgers to be to be trash, even though the Dodgers are like otherworldly right now. But if the Dodgers and the Yankees are just collectively trash, that'd be beautiful. And no, let them. I, no, but here's the thing: they're not going to. The MLB does not change things. We know. It's this. If if you the, the the DH was meant to be an experimental concept in the AL AL league, and that was like sixty years ago, and they never actually established whether they're going to keep it or not. They just nothing ever actually they just kept rolling to the next season. Nothing was established. They just it just was. So. I mean, going from that point, you know, they just announced that they're experimenting with um, moving the mound back oh. in one of the leagues. Uh, so it's going to be moved back a whole foot. And then I think there is a, a couple other things. Um, Maybe they changed the review process. Yeah. 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 Well, well, 
I wouldn't even say change the review process. If you review it, get the call right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's. Um, it, I mean, that situation is a. And for those who don't know what we we're talking, we were talking about last week. There was a play at the plate on the field. He the guy on, on the field was guy. A guy was called safe, and you can see from the replay that no replay actually shows him touching home plate ever. And he's still called safe. Uh, so this yeah. is starting to be this. This is a situation similar to the Dez caught it, didn't catch it situation. I mean, sure. if it looks like a, I mean, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and smells like a duck. It's a duck. Like I think that's, I think we're getting too complicated. Well, if he does this, he makes it this type of move. Does it look like he's safe? Then. Okay, does it look like he touched on plate? No, it doesn't look like he touched on plate. So then he's not safe. End of discussion. He's out. Move on. I don't yeah. That's that's what I, my team in distress is. MLB front offices, B, B, uh, VIR, or whatever they call that for them. The New York Replay Center. The New York Replay Center. So New York, again, is, is the team in distress. Two for two this week, everybody. Two for two. Uh, I honestly believe, though, the Yankees situation is because, and I know Lamorce is going to laugh at me for this one, but uh, all of the good energy in New York is going towards the Knicks, and they're actually a six seed. Now, they're not going to do anything when they get to the playoffs, but still, this is a big step for them from being a lottery team to being a six team, uh, a six seed in the, in the NBA draft, in the NBA draft. Uh, Playoffs, so got all the energy is going there, and there's only that that can only be happening. Well, there's no other good things that could be happening. So this probably means the Giants' draft is going to be god awful. So the Hornets are in the playoffs right now with without Lamelo or Gordon Hayward. I don't put any stock into New York. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. I know they're going to get they're going to get bounced in the first round. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not disagreeing with that at that all. But this is the best we can. This is. That's the that's the sad thing. The Knicks are so bad that when you put all the New York energy into them, the best they can do is make the playoffs and get knocked out in the first round. Probably get swept. But that's the best we can hope for. April. April. It's going to goodwill. But anyways, uh, we'll move on. Um, we're going to talk about actually the WNBA draft happened the other night. And no, we're not going to break down the draft for y'all. Um, that's not this discussion because probably most people don't care about the WNBA. Uh, uh, but something was brought up by Gino Oriema, which kind of made me think. Gino Oriema, the head coach of UConn, mentioned the fact that the best player in women's basketball didn't get drafted last night because she was a freshman. Uh, should freshmen be eligible for the WMEA draft like they are the NBA draft? I mean, yes, I'm a little biased because UConn is my women's basketball team. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Gino. But at the end of the day, Gino has seen a lot of WNBA players go through that program. I mean, you could, you could make an all-star team just with UConn players against the rest of the WNBA, which I know that's not – that's not necessarily a huge thing, considering 
the depth of the WNBA, but nonetheless, he's saying that Paige Buecher should be in the WNBA right now. She's ready to play in the WNBA right now. And if he says that, he knows what he's talking about. So I leave the question to y'all. Should WNBA players be able to come straight out of their freshman year of college like they do with NBA players? Or come straight out of high school like some players or some, some the NBA wants to do too? You know, um, I was going to let Solo go first, but uh, I feel like his answer is going to be yes. Um, here's the thing with the WNBA, and we mentioned this a couple of shows ago. The WNBA, I think as a whole, is worse than women's basketball, like women's college basketball, right? I, I can't argue that, yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons why women's college basketball works as well is because the athletes stay. And they're not, like, if, if you look at who was drafted, um, you know, there's older players. Like, if compared to an NBA draft, most of them are freshmen until you get, you know, around second round. And then you start seeing the upperclassmen. But the women have developed in college. And that's what makes the college game a little bit better than, you know, in my opinion, than what the the WNBA is is putting out. I don't think if you draft outside of Paige Beckers, um, yeah, outside of her, I we understand she is definitely ready. Outside of her, letting these players just um, you know go straight to the WNBA, I think that's going to hurt the NCAA more than than anything. Because you don't have a like, like it, it did at it, like it did at first for the the uh, like men's college basketball got watered down a lot when when one and doneers was a you know became right. the the concept. I mean now it's kind of calmed down, but it you college basketball wasn't as interesting because you couldn't have these programs develop. So yeah, I I I, I see where you're going with that. And I just you know I I get that. Um, you want to make it fair. Um, we want to compare the WNBA to the NBA, but they're two. They need to be ran separately. Right. They need. They have different end goals. They have different markets. They have, you know. Right. It's it's two separate products. So to me, I I don't think it's beneficial. Yes, it'd be beneficial to the WNBA that you get the better stars. You know when they're ready, but what what kind of impact would that make to the development, you know, going forward? So and also if, you don't need, if you don't need development, then why are you going? That's the point. If she's literally yeah. like she she would probably be like like Kate Francis, Brianna Stewart. Yeah. What was that? Right. Three, four, three, no, two years ago. She was a rookie. And she not, she not only won the rookie of the year, she also won the MVP and the finals MVP her rookie year. You're telling me that she could not have done that as a freshman. She was already the best ba women's basketball player on the planet. There was nobody better than her. She didn't need four years at UConn. Hell, she didn't even need a year. The girl had been dropping 40 or 50 points 
Like she won a gold medal before she was even able to drink, before she even graduated from high school. Like there, there are exceptions, but, just like there are like female LeBron right. James, there's female Kobe Bryant that don't need to go to school. Like the, Diana Taurasi did not have to go to school if she didn't want to. Like the reason, main reason why females won't do it is because there's no money and going pro like there is in the man's game. If there were money in it, then heck yeah, you wouldn't see like this question or making girls stay for four years. Like, because it's more profitable for you to stay in college for four years as a girl as a girl player than it's for you to come straight out of high school and go to the WNBA. Because essentially, I feel like your degree is worth more than playing professional basketball right at that particular point in time, if we're being honest. Like, if we're being solely honest. Based on salaries, now, yes, you're right. Yeah, based on salaries, yeah. Like, there was a girl that played on UConn who was a four-time champion <laughs> Like, doesn't play in the WNBA. She makes more than half of the WNBA now because she's a neuro. I mean, she's a neurosurgeon. Like, let's be real. Like, there's levels to this. Now, if you're talking about giving this stuff or, you know, giving them, you know, you know, a little bit more pay to come out and, like, you know, boosting your stars, it's like, like, the WNBA, at the end of the day, I'm so sorry to tell you this, like, it's missing, like, it's missing this MJ. Like yes. the the NBA was struggling, just like what's his name was, just like the WNBA was. I mean, maybe not at, to the degree, but they were still struggling. You know, Michael Jordan comes around; he's a phenomenon. The NBA puts all of its money and like influence behind him, and he makes the, the game global. Like, which is an argument for another day. To which is why everybody considers him the ghost, not because he's the best basketball player of all time. He's just the most influential player of all time. But girls basketball is going to need something like that in order to, in order for it to take off. Like my my only my only criticism of that is who's to say we haven't had that player and it's just the WNBA has not been willing to invest in that play. I don't see that you've got to you 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 I know you agree with me on this this concept, Solo. You gotta spend money to make money, and the WNBA right. is not willing to do that. And though I agree that in sports, it's an income-driven sport. That All sports are income-driven at the professional level. The more money that comes in, the more money these players are going to get paid. And so, though I'm not – so, as far as the pay disparity between the leagues, I'm like, look, this is how their league, professional leagues are set up. You're going to get paid more when more there's more of a revenue. But at the same time, you don't see the WNBA going out like the NBA does all out or NCAA itself actually NFL made it does they don't they're not putting the money into the marketing and pushing it out the way these other leagues do and they're not investing in their league they're, it's this is like a side hustle I feel like for a lot of the executives in the WNBA well, Paul, but the main reason behind that, though, is the fact that the WNBA is underwritten through the NBA. You're so right. it's not really like those people making those decisions. It's the NBA saying, hey, we're not willing to take that chance. What you're going to have to get first is going to have to be a perfect storm. And Paige Buckers can actually be that player if they actually gave it a chance. Now, yeah, she's going I to just have don't to think they're willing by- to do it. I don't think but she's see, it's to- not going to come they're- from them, though. It's like you're going to have to get a shoe company. Like, yeah. say, like Nike, who's going to have to be – that's going to have to take a gamble, which um, it's Nike. They can afford to. And yeah. give this girl 
a Michael Jordan at that at that present time a Michael Jordan type contract where it's like she she might be the first female to ever get like her own signature shoe. Uh, I mean, because at the end of the day, as much as I love like Brianna Stewart, Diana Taurasi, um, I forgot Cam uh, Candace Parker, all these Lisa Leslie. They they were they were not relatable to the average girl playing basketball. Paige Buckers is. I mean, in all honesty, I hate to say it, but she is a five eleven, close to six foot, white girl, skinny ponytail, who just has freaking handles and a shot that's like out of this world. Like, she looks like somebody that you, if you if she walked down the street next to you, you wouldn't say that she's the best you know, women's exactly. basketball player. Yeah. Right. And that's, exactly. that's, that I, I give you, cause it's, it's, cause you can look at, you know, any of these, you know, DNs that look like fridges and you're like, okay, you're not going to build your league around this person because who can relate to those people that who they're not, they're not going to gravitate towards that person. You know, when, here's I mean, the thing though. I, I get what we're saying in terms of marketing the WNBA, but are you aware of the WNBA? Like, do you I, know what it is? I do know what it is. Okay, but do you there's think nothing most... been, There's nothing out there that's been saying that makes me want to go and watch the WNBA. Like exactly. Tiger Woods. I, nobody watched golf until Tiger Woods came around. I don't so I don't he think made golf interesting. But here's the thing. I don't think marketing a bad product or a product that nope that everyone already knows about, you know, I don't think marketing that product does anything if you don't change the product. And that's where I think the WNBA is going to have to get, yes, a star player, but you're going to have to change something. You can't. I, no, no. You the, can't the, the, the play star like player, a, the Jordan player is not the one fix. The one, we, we're not saying that. That is, that is one of the things well, that needs to be done right. to move I'm, this I'm forward. But there are plenty of, of things that they need to do to move forward. I'm, say, I'm saying it in the sense of marketing. Marketing, the WNBA, just putting more money into marketing, I don't think that's going to do anything. Me personally, because we're already aware of it. We're already aware that, you know, that the, there's these games. We didn't, of course, we didn't know the WNBA draft was going on. But even if I knew, was I going to watch it? You get what I'm saying? No, and, I, and I, no could, I see you. I, I may not be the audience that the WNBA is looking for. You know, I don't right. I don't particularly know if they're trying to cater um, to women athletes or, you know, I, I don't know what their business model is. But to me, <laughs> marketing isn't the biggest issue that they have. Yes, they need a star player. Yes. I would be in favor of the star athletes, Paige Beckers, whoever, getting some sort of shoe deal. Because I don't think the only um, signature shoe that I've seen with a woman was uh, Cheryl Swoops had one um, a while ago. Of course, they make like colorways. Uh, Maya Moore has like a colorway for Jordan. Um, but it's, it's not like an actual signature shoe. Um, and... I don't. I don't know if that's the fix to the WNBA. I. I think there's more that needs to be done, but the money isn't the issue, or the money in marketing isn't the issue. 
Well, I, my, I don't, I, I'm not saying is, just marketing. I'm saying right. total investment in the league itself and push forward with a lot. I mean, maybe even look at like, I mean, we talked, you guys mentioned about the development in the in NCAA and the quality of competition that NCAA, it seems to kind of drop off in the mm-hmm. in the WNBA. And so are we not, is there not a, that means that there's not a development level at the coaches. The coaches in the WNBA are not, don't know how to develop these players to improve them from where they were in college to where, the, to where they should be as a No, nah, that's player. not particularly the case. It's the fact that, like, when you leave school, it's about money decisions. I've already stayed here for four years. Now, like, all they're doing is there's, like, these college athletes, they're using their brand, but instead of going and playing professionally, a lot of these girls are using their brands and, like, the fact that they play on a good team to go get a, a nine-to-five like everybody else, like, just in their field of expertise that they've been studying in. It's like, you know, that's why I'm saying, like, the incentive to, to come to there. Like, you're not even getting, in my opinion, the best players in the WNBA. Like, and, I like, there isn't really much you can change, right? Basketball is basketball. Like, lowering the rim isn't going to make the game more enjoyable. Because, like, then, like, you're kind of denigrating them because they're shooting on a nine-foot – I mean, on a ten-foot rim their entire lives. Like, blowing the rim just so you can see more athletic dunks and stuff like that is not going to make you, you know, want to see it. Because even if you put the rim down to, like, six-foot or seven-foot, you're not going to see a woman, like, do, like, a a freaking, you know, between the legs tomahawk from, like, the half – from the free throw line. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, like, the biggest thing is, like, what can you do to make the game more enjoyable and influence? Bro, like, it, 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 it's going to be crazy for, for me to say it, but, like, literally setting it up like a like a, a high school regulation type thing would probably be good. Like, if you say if you pay money to go in and watch the WNBA game, like, you might get, like, you know, like, a, like, not like a, a deal every single time, but like those NBA games that don't sell out because like nobody's going to watch them. A lot yeah, of you times go watch, have, you go, the, the, the girls play first. And if you go watch the girls, you can stay and watch the boys' game. I, exactly. I you, uh, yeah. Like, that, there are ways to the, do that. There are way, yeah, I'm with you. I, I understand. Yeah, it's like, you've got to get, people, you've got to, they've got to see the, 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 they, you've got to, well, you, you've got to. They've got to see what you have here. You've got to. You've got to get fans in the stands first of all. Exactly. That's going to increase your revenue, which that means you can pay players more, which means more of the players that come out of college are not going to go get a regular job. They're going to. Well, they are going to want to come play in the WNBA because it'll be worth it. Right, and the incentive for you to do for those girls to play in those games or women to play in those games are simply by like, hey. Like if you if you make it to the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference Finals, and then like so that those are only four teams. Like those four teams get to play in those special like those special dockets of the game or, or those games whenever they are in the NBA season, and like though they they get paid like you know solely based on they they get pay raises based on those games. You know what I mean? Right. Like. Say, like, they get a cut of the gate and they get, you know, since it should be televised, like, you get, it, like, you know, direct profits from the TV deal from that particular game based on, like, you know, how well it was viewed. Now, imagine if they had that to play for. I guarantee you the quality of the game 
but give something to do. Like, you've got to give them something to play for besides, like, a best-of-five championship series that literally a 19-year-old can come in and win single-handedly. Like, it's – yeah. It's it's got to be more than you know saying it's got to be more of an incentive based type thing and like if you start doing things like that where it's like okay we got eight games that you're going to be able to play before an NBA game during the season like we're going to let the people that want to come watch your game come in and pay to uh you know it's going to be like a double thing so like you you're going to get most you're going to get half of the gate for that game like if you tell me that and I'm a WNBA coach. Hell, I'm shooting for one of those four spots because that means that's eight guaranteed games that I'm getting the raise for that typically I wouldn't see during the year. I'm telling you, like that's the future. Like if they if they get smart about it, yeah, they I'm just serious. gotta they gotta be willing to put in the time and the energy and the money to make this work if they really want it to be more than what it is now. Because I mean, they're not. This is gonna be. We're gonna have the same conversation in ten years if they don't do anything. Yep. Uh, but uh, we'll move on. Uh, there's plenty of things that the NBA can do and, you know, in the sports world as a whole can do to help pull up that sport. Uh, but we'll move on. Uh, it has now come out in the NCAA that certain sports can transfer and have – certain players in certain sports can transfer and have immediate eligibility do not have to sit out a year. Uh, I believe it is football – uh, men's basketball, and uh, what else is it? I, I know it's those two for sure. Is it women's basketball can transfer? Yeah, men's men's and women's basketball. Yeah, I thought it was men's, only three. Men's hockey and okay. um, and baseball players from a D one school to another D one school. So uh, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I'll let you all go first. I mean. It, I feel like we saw it coming the way um, this transfer portal has been going on. Um, well, I, I don't mean see, I'm sorry. What are your your thoughts? Maybe be more specific here. You're, do you agree with this? Do you like this? Do you encourage this? Uh, do I encourage it? No, but I see where it's useful um, in the sense of, you know, uh, if you're in a bad situation, you get to leave that school and go elsewhere uh, for for essentially for free. Uh, one opportunity, you're not penalized where you miss a year. I like that, um, but I don't. I hope it's not used just because you're not starting. And I think that's what a lot of players are going to use it for. You're not getting the deal that you wanted at one school. Okay, let me just go to this another school instead of working, you know, to get a spot. And I think this is more so with, uh, I guess, football is is going to be a bit culprit in it. Basketball, I think you should know going into it that you're probably not going to start. Uh, if you don't, then that's, that's on you. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I have to see how many players are going into it. Because if we're we're going to have the issue of what we're about to have with men's basketball, where you have seven, eight players from your team transfer every year, that's that's just going to be yeah, that's problematic. an issue. Yeah, but I mean basketball. I mean you got places like Duke and Kentucky that do one and runners, 
and they're basically got a new team every single year, anyways. So I mean, look at look at how they performed this year. No, I'm not saying that's teams. a good. I'm not saying that's a good model. I'm just saying that's basically kind of already happened in the in the in the NCAA NCAA men's basketball. So just in and a different avenue. I just see it spiraling, you know. Yeah. But it's it is what it is. I I'm not against it. Let's put it that way. Solomon, go ahead. What what are your thoughts? Like it's a two-edged sword. It's going to be bad at first, uh, only because like it just makes like the coaching job of a lot of those guys a whole lot harder. Because like who in the hell like you're going to be essentially dealing with brand new rosters every year. Now, like I understand player mobility and them trying to appease the players. And I feel like, you know, the NCAA should allow players to be a little bit more comfortable. However, I'm not really okay with the fact that it's like, oh, crap, I was looking to come here to start and everything's not working out for me. And instead of me having to grind and, you know, you know, fight my way to a starting spot, I can just leave and go to this mid-major. And, like, this mid-major is going to let me be like you know what I mean yeah no I definitely see, I see that uh my so only like, caveat with that is that yeah the they, biggest thing if they have that like, mentality you know, they would be going to a major abused, then it's not okay oh, well I mean I don't really think so. like if they have that mid-major mentality and like go you gotta realize we're dealing with a brand new type of kid yeah My thing is, if they're going to take that mentality of that, that have that mentality, then they're they've already going to have that mentality prior to that. They're going to be going. They're like they're going to want to go to that big major to be from from the jump, anyways. And they, this might flip in the opposite direction. Almost, they could go to that mid major and go. They think, oh, I'll go here for a year, ball out, and then I'll transfer. And then I'll, then one of these bigger schools want me to come transfer play for them. Uh but. Uh, yeah, I do see where y'all are coming from with that is how it could be abused and work the system. My, I'm okay with this in the sense of the fact that coaches are hypocrites when it comes to this stuff. Coaches, and I know Solomon, you can't say this out loud because you are still employed as a coach. But at the end of the day, if the right, and there is only about three coaches in all of college sports, not just football, but in all of college sports, that I can guarantee that I will they will that that they would never accept another job. Never. Uh, my, and what I'm trying to point them get to is they coaches are against this because it there's they they want their players to be loyal. But at the end of the day, if the right job comes along, they're going to go for that other job. It could be in the middle of the season. They're going to take that job. I mean, no, that's, that's a reality. I mean, I, and can so you can't, you can't I mean, push that's just, that. That's just the nature of the game. But the thing is, you, right. you can't push loyalty to these players when you are not loyal yourself. And that's my, that's no. my, my thing is you can't, you, can't, you can't shame these players for transferring and talk to them about loyalty when you know as well, you know as, well as I do that if Nick Saban retires from Alabama – Kirby Smart's getting that job. 
Kirby Smart's going to leave Georgia to take uh, that job. I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't uh, think Kirby he's, can. He's, I don't think Kirby has the he's cash a UGA. to get up them. He, yeah, he's, he's a UGA alum. He's he's not going to take that. Okay. If he's, he's at his dream Sweeney, school, I, I would one hundred percent agree. Dabo Sweeney would probably get that job. I think he would leave Clemson, and that no, that's Clemson's, just my personal yeah. thing. But I, but because I mean, the it's three coach, I think Shashevsky will never leave Duke. No, he can preach loyalty all he wants because you know he's never taken another job other than being at Duke. Nick Saban can preach loyalty because we know for a fact, no, what he's not going to go anywhere ever other than Alabama. Um. I had a third one. I can't think of the third one right now. I think also you have to to when you preach loyalty, you also pre- you have to preach that you're not going to get fired. And for and the too. likes of of Kirby Smart, and I'll be like my own hypocrite. As much as I love Kirby, if he does not produce in the next, you know, you five fire, years, yeah. you know, he's going to be fired. I don't. If Nick Saban never wins another national championship at Alabama, doesn't matter. He's going to retire on his own time. Whenever you he's know, ready to retire, is is. He, no matter. They could go zero and they could go zero and twelve next season, and he's still he's still God in in in, in Tuscaloosa. We know he, that he's going to have the Joe Paterno type of you know treatment where it doesn't matter what you do right. on the field at this point. It is what Take it out. is. But look at it from the coach's perspective, though. Like, as much as, like, I mean, it's, it, it might be a little selfish for me to say this, but it's like it's more detrimental for a coach than it is to a player, which is why I think that the rule is bad because now that I've got to see it from both ends, it's like really a kid going to school the, the, the majority, we're not talking about like the Zions and all this. The majority of kids that are going to school are not going to play professional basketball in a major capacity. I think we can all agree on saying that, right? Yes, no, you are 100% Correct. right. Okay, so, and like we just saw with the national champion this year in Baylor, like there aren't, there are no one and dones on that team. You know what I'm saying? Those are kids that like Scott Ware's had for two to three years, and they've grinded out to be better. The reason why I don't like the transfer portal is because, like, yes, you as a coach, you have to preach loyalty. Like, yeah, I have to preach loyalty at my job right now because it's like, I. I mean, yes, it's like in high school, it's even still a recruiting game down here. I want to win. So, like, if I want to win, like, I've got to put on all hats. I've got to keep my current players happy, you know, and then I have to make it an inviting place that, you know, transfers will want to come. Like, that's just the name of the game. No, you're right. That is how it's got to be. But you can't say you can't preach loyalty to the players that are on your roster and then to the ones that you're trying to convince to come from this other school you can't you can't convince them to pull away from their at in this in the same breath. That's that's hip. That, I'm just saying it's hip. I know that's what you got to do to be successful, and I don't I don't knock you for that. I'm just saying it's a hypocritical aspect. I don't think it can be hypocritical when it's like it's the name of the game. Like it'd be one thing if we were dealing with an absolute like like as, as I would I love Star Wars, so it's like you know yeah. Only Sifts deal in absolutes. 
And like right. right now, like I'm I'm not a Sith. Like, you know, I'm just doing what I must to quote the I, great Obi-Wan. Like I, you, I you can't you can't you can't be a hypocrite when it's like the situation isn't when it's not clearly black and white. Like there's a heck of a lot of gray when it comes to coaches. And like I don't think that it's right to hold a coach to a loyalty standpoint when at any point in time it's like, bro, I can bleed blue and gold to my last breath. If I didn't do a good job my first year, they would have fired me. I, so I don't. I'm right. I'm not saying so, that's what. That's the exact point I'm making. Is that the loyalty? You can't preach loyalty when it is an enigma. It is a falsehood in sports. Right. So that's why so, you can't preach that when it's when it's not it's not real. Yeah, it's not honest. There was a quote, um, and I don't remember who who was the coach that said it. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was on Last Chance You. And they're basically saying, and um, as a coach, I'm using the players to elevate me, you know. But at that same time, as a player, you need to use the coach to elevate yourself. If you exactly. have an end goal of of transferring somewhere else or making it to the NBA or uh, NFL, whatever the case may be, use that coach. And that, that goes in, in real life. If you have a mentor or somebody who could get you in the room, use that person. Yeah, I Let agree them elevate you. And I, I think that's that's real life, regardless of, of what, you know, what you're doing. You're going, people are trying to get better and improve themselves. That's, it is what it is. We want money. That's human instinct. So, when you're given an opportunity to go to a better situation or to get a, a nice job, a pay raise, you know, people are going to use that situation. I'm yeah. going to set myself up. So I, I don't think it's hypocritical when everybody is doing it. I, I get what you're saying in the sense of preaching loyalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying yeah. it's. I'm, I'm, but yeah, I know. I'm saying don't, don't, don't pontificate all this about being loyal. We should. You shouldn't be allowed to transfer. No, I'm not. I'm not saying right. that you. But telling players, saying that players shouldn't be allowed to, allowed to transfer because they should be loyal to a university. That's what I'm saying is hypocritical about the situation. If because because at the end of the day, if a better opportunity opens up, in in the real world, us as adults making our career decisions, right. if a better opportunity opens up somewhere else, regardless of what the reason that is for it to be a better situation, whether it's you deal with better people. You deal with better clientele, you get a pay raise, or or X, Y, or Z closer to homes. You don't have to drive along. People do that. People do that. And so these, and you've got, and if these kids aren't in college, they're adults making this decision, even right. at the same age. So why are we going to handcuff these kids and treat them? like they are 12 and 13 years old where they can't make these decisions for themselves and live with the consequences, whether it's good or bad, because guess what? If you were, if any of us decide to take a job because we think it's a better situation and it's not, we've got to live with those consequences, whatever they are. That's the reality. And you get, you better learn it now when you've got the safety net of not having to worry about whether you can pay your rent that much because if you're transferring, you're transferring somewhere that's going to give you a full scholarship or enough to take care of yourself. You don't have to worry about whether your change of situation is going to affect food on your table, whether it's going to affect you being able to sleep in your apartment with the AC on 
or with the heat on, whatever it may be. You don't, so you can make, you can learn from these decisions, learn what's the right, wrong decision when you still have the safety net in the situation. Yeah, but what when about adults, the people don't. that don't have it, that don't have that? It's like, we're talking about a game. It's like, yeah, for the kid, yeah, they get to learn consequent free. Like, my focus is, like, from the coach's point of view, it's like, But you're an adult, you've got, to ex- you've got to accept the reality of situations. you got, you got to understand that that's part but of see, the situation. That's what I'm saying. It's like, that's like... Like you can't give a kid that money because my food on the table is boils down to how a 15 to an 18 year old performs on a 94 by 36 piece of hardwood. Right. And like it, it, it's crazy to think that, but that's what it boils down. Well, to. I'm not asking for the high schools yeah. to be able to transfer back and forth. I'm saying these kids that are legally adults being able to make that decision. You got to be so, able to so, okay, so, so, so but still, like, like, take it, a, take it a step further, and I, I'll let y'all talk. But like, my biggest thing is like getting it past this. It's like, so look, I understand that these coaches are, some of these coaches are getting paid a buttload of money to coach these kids. I get that, but like, you got to think about the, stop thinking about the one percent. I'm not thinking about the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the Kansases, the, you know, I'm talking about the lower tier Division One guys. I'm talking about the Division II guys that this stuff still affects. So, like, what about the coach that's making eighty dollars or $90,000? And it's like you bust, you're busting your butts to go and recruit these kids, okay? Cool. Like, and we know as a coach, we might we, – we're not lying to kids when we tell them, like, hey, under the right circumstances, you're going to get an opportunity to play. Like, cool. You're going to get this opportunity. We want you to, to succeed. However, but in all intents and purposes, it doesn't work out. You see the kid being able to play, but for you right now, in order for you to keep your job, you have to go in a different direction in order for this kid to develop. So you waste all of your time and resources developing this kid, pouring into this kid, making them a better player, but you're just not playing them on the floor. They can throw a hissy fit, and now because of all the hard work that you've done, and you might have a, gra- a gra- person graduating or leaving that's in their position now because they feel pissy and they feel slighted and they've been told all their time by mommy and daddy that they're the best, but they don't know how to grind it out. Now all of your hard work goes to waste because they transfer out and I could have been pouring into somebody else. Like, that's and the I, downside. I don't disagree with that. that I don't disagree with about. that, but here's the thing. If that guy is willing to transfer – He's not something that you want on your roster because he's going to be a cancer in that facility. So you would want him to transfer at the end of the day. No, I you say, wouldn't. I would, not I not, not, if, that. not <laughs> if that kid is going to eventually help you out. It's like it's almost like the low men on the total bone. But right if now, he like, don't want to be there, he don't want to be there. Here, he here's the thing. So he, he doesn't want to be there by due to the circumstance. Not because of the fact that he truly doesn't want to be there. He's not wanting to be there right now because he's not getting his way, which is 85% of human beings. Like, like, in all honesty, when I was a sophomore and I wasn't playing, but I knew that I was somewhat better or I could have been better than the guy in front of me, it's like, it's not the fact that it's like, oh, I want to leave so I can play. 
it's the fact of the matter of it's like, bro, I really feel that I could play not barring this circumstance. And like even I had an opportunity where I could have left in high school and went and played for a private Christian school across the street and not stayed at Brunswick High. And I really wanted to stay there. I mean, I really wanted to go. However, it's like, nah, you're like I kind of feel that it's like you you do not not owing that coach or not even that school. You owe yourself as a young man to battle it out because at the end of the day, in the real world, you, there there is no transfer portal in real life. Now then no. you can you can go and you can seek out a, a better opportunity. Yes. But when stuff gets hard when you're an adult, when you're a real man, there there are very few opportunities where you can just be like, oh shit, I'm out and I'm gonna go find me a better opportunity. Like, no, you're taking, you're more than likely gonna screw over yourself. And if you have a wife, her, and if you have two kids, you're gonna screw them out of something because you can't find a way to grind it out. And that's the biggest point that I'm trying to make. Are there Here, certain here's the thing, where Solo. kids need you to be able to You have choice, transfer? though. You have that choice. You have the, if he, he doesn't have the choice to not grind it out, he's not going to learn the, the importance of not grind, of grinding out. If he just stays there and he's just doing what he's been told to do his entire life, that's not going to develop him into a man. Okay, so, so staying there so, and fighting through hard times is not going to teach him how to be a man, but no, teaching him how to but the, stand like, but, hey, but I you have the choice. You have the choice. The thing is solo, between solo. you and this, you, you have the choice to leave. We've been and you had did the it. choice, Every, though. You've everybody been, has been had the everybody choice. has the choice, but the job of a coach has now shifted. When you have to these transfers, a pity when you have these transfers, you're as as a coach, you have to take into account. Okay, now that that I have people who can freely transfer, I'm going to have to understand that I may need to cater to some players if I want them to stay. Like your job as a recruiter has not ended now that you are, you know, you have that player inside the system. Like you have him in your program. Right. Now you have you're to going to have to continuously. Like a sport. Exactly. You may not have to be at extremely Guys. honest with this player whereas when you were recruiting them out of high school you're saying oh you'll have an opportunity to play if you earn you know you earn that playing time okay now when they're in the program all right here's my plan you're probably going to sit on the bench for the next year or two understand that you're extremely talented you're getting better every day but you're going to be sitting on the bench because i have other players but when your time has come that's when you will play and i guarantee you know that's my plan. Players may right. need that that talk now, whereas previous, you know, if you work hard, you'll play. That's the only right. guarantee they'll get. And, and that, I think you're talking you're, that that's from a glass full perspective. And I and I had glass half full perspective. And I get that. But what y'all two are failing to gloss over is it's like, I get it. You guys love the kids. We all love kids. The majority of coaches love the kids. What we're not addressing is, is the pure fact of the matter is that, like, right now, like, the, the majority of coaches are suffering from this because, like, it's not about you being honest with the kid all the freaking time. Like, think about this. Let's just go to a Division two job, a one that's $90,000, okay? We're talking about maybe, maybe $80,000 a year. And you still have all the responsibilities of a D1 program, essentially. Okay. Now, what I'm having to do there 
is that I'm not only have, I'm not responsible for just winning. Okay. Now I'm responsible for recruiting, but I'm also recruiting, like trying to recruit the kids that are new kids from outside of the program to come to me. And then I'm also still recruiting my kids that are, that are in my program. That's not right. Your job has, your job has changed. That's not fair. And I understand what you guys are saying, but at the end of the day, like, it's not fair for the little coaches. It's It might be fair for those guys that can, go like, Duke, okay, oh, I got a guy that's transferring out. Okay, let me go look at the transfer portal and let me go get, like, let me go get somebody else that's another five-star. Like, that's okay. But you're talking about. But here's the rea- here's here's the thing. Here, the way you are putting this, and I don't think that this is what you're trying to say, but the way it's coming out is that without this situation here, you can just put the, the kid that you signed for as fresh, a freshman to the side and say, I'll get to you later. You don't have to worry about keeping him happy and keeping him there. Bro. That's like, the way it's coming like, out of your stop, mouth. That's all. Stop playing bro. Stop playing to these college athletes, bro. Like that that that's the number one thing. Like we're you're you're talking about kids being screwed over. That rarely happens. Like let's let's talk but, about the but majority here's, of kids. I've, I have actually had to recruit high school players. I know when knowing what's going to happen. Like nobody sits there and lies to these mid-range kids. Like it's like it's one thing if I'm like if I'm Nick Saban and Les Miles and all these guys and I'm lying to this five-star trying to get him to come to my school. That's not the reality of the majority of coaches that this is affecting. We, we recognize that it's going to be harder for coaches. We recognize that. And I understand that in terms of keeping your job, your job is dependent on results. And it's kind of, it's going to be difficult, you know, to win games when you're constantly rebuilding rosters because players can freely move. But guess what? You know, that's every coach now. So like the same barring, you know, the so all jobs, the teams, the, all no, resources bar- are the same. No, oh, that's not on. what we're so, saying. Solo. No, you have barring plenty of time to talk. Where, no, no, where no, 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 no. Solo, listen, barring the teams that you're comparing like Duke to a to a low tier ACC program, Duke is going to have better resources. But if you compare Valdosta State and, and West Georgia, they're be going. They will go through the same sort of yes. troubles, you know, that each other are going through. It's it's not like it's, it's apples you're to trying apples. to compete. Not- you're not trying to compete with the Dukes and the North Carolinas and the Kentuckys at Valdosta State. That's not your clientele. You're you're competing against other Southern you're competing Division two teams. Div- you're competing against mid major Division one. And top tier division two other caliber programs for kids. And that's like, like it's not apples to oranges the way that you guys are talking about. Like Valdosta, when we like all they did was they recruited, they got division one transfers that came down and they went after JUCO kids. Rarely did they go after high school kids. So that's now not true. I'm not that saying is not that that's true. The, that's not that's, true. What are you I, talking about? I, so I, was a, I was a graduate assistant We're football coach. We're not talking coach. about football, bro. Okay, okay. So you work about your sports. About okay, football. okay. Got it. Yeah, I'm talking about from a it, basketball standpoint. So I'm talking about, like, if a coach has that type of, like, that type of blueprint, which is a so very he's common going to have to adjust. He needs okay, to adjust. Here's, and that, here's and the reality that you're missing because you have not been there. 
Just because you have signed a player outside of this whole transfer thing, outside of that, just because you have signed a player does not mean you stop recruiting him. You you continue to recruit this player until the day he graduates from your school, regardless of the ability to transfer or not. That's the reality. That's something that you have to do as a college coach. That's not new. That's not something that you have to do now because of the situation. That's what has always this case has been. You have okay, to. So that's what always the case recruiting. has been. So why why is it so easy for the kids to dip out now? Like all we're asking for is like for the little coaches is for the same level of commitment that they put into you to come out of them. Like if we're talking about mid major division one where these kids are going to be able to go no wherever they want to go, essentially. Okay, cool. But like you're still screwing over mid majors. You're still screwing over. Division two key, I mean, high level division two caliber teams, and you're also screwing over JUCOs in this entire process. So, like, so how about we fix I, it and and put it to the fact players essentially sign contracts, quote unquote, where they stay at whatever school they sign with for two years, the same as coaches. Point. The that's coaches, barring a coaching change, they need to stay at the geez. school that they sign up for for at least two years. And then if you want to transfer immediately afterwards, I'm cool with that. But see, like, that, that is, that's beneficial to the player and that's beneficial to the coach. That gives him a year of, of stability with the kid in order to develop him. And sometimes a year difference is all that it takes for a coach to get his crap together. And that's all I'm saying. But saying like, oh, I show up for one year. Oh, we suck. Oh, I'm out of here. Like, that's not right. And I don't, and I will well, never. But you don't want a player those, like that on your roster. Yeah. If they're going to, if they're going to, if they're, if they're going to burn the ships after one season of having a bad season, they're not someone you want on your roster. That's oh, not at the, the end type of the day, of, they're, they're still kids. No kid, no one kid is built the same. Not one kid is perfect. So you're going to have kids that have that type of inclination. Not just because, not because they're a bad kid, but because once again, so most of these kids have never dealt with adversity. Going to college might sometimes be the first little bit of adversity that they've dealt with because they're so freaking gifted to, from where they come from. Like, it's it's just common sense. So if you are allowing them to burn the ships just because they're not successful right off the bat, you're not teaching them anything. You're not holding them accountable for anything. You're submitting to this damn culture that we have now that it's like, Oh, you know what? Every everybody gets shit. Everybody gets a, a dead gun participation trophy. If yeah, and if you know what? They might go somewhere, somewhere else, and their career goes down the toilet, and they have to live with their consequences. That's a, that's that is learning just as much as what you're talking about. They've got to yeah. learn to make decisions they, for themselves. See, like they learn with no but no financial consequence that happens to them. Like, this, these kids are not NBA potential. They're not going to make millions of dollars no matter where they go. They're not even going to make thousands of dollars. They're going to wind up getting a degree or wind up getting a GA staying in the job. What about the guy that's only making $100,000 to $90,000 a year that that affects? That's all I'm saying. It affects so, the coach more so than it affects yes, the player. Yes, but coaches understand right. that their job is they – are, they are expendable in their job. That's the reality of this this – career you you have to understand that a coach bro a coach understands that that is going to be getting some sort of like i I can live like a mid-major like south alabama where the coach has been successful and he has like a 585 contract like yeah 
I, I can finagle that. But when the guy first signed and he's only making 167, like for one, maybe on, on a year to year basis. Yes, I understand that. That oh yeah, that that kind of makes a little bit of sense. Like you that, know, that, that, like but that, that's that, that bothers day, me so much as making fifty thousand dollars as a teacher when you can get what you're getting one twenty in one year. Okay, yes, yes, I'm what, so what, worried. Yeah, okay, you're talking year. about it. You're talking about in one year. Okay, cool. But if he gets fired and he doesn't get picked up anywhere else, you've got to make that money stretch. Coaches like, that's always find another job. This is people, it's it is. You may not be making $100,000. You may be making $70,000, but you always find another job when you are a coach. There is always openings every single year, regardless oh, of Oh, there's always openings every Yes. So every coach that gets fired have to move. going somewhere else. They, so yes. every coach that gets fired goes somewhere else. Yes. That's what we're saying now. They may not go no, D1. They may not go D2. Every yeah. single year, okay. there are countless of openings. Countless of so, openings. So, so there are countless openings, but these people don't always land. I'm not saying that they got to go get another head coaching job, but the the, the fact that y'all can sit there and say coach, that, you're going oh, to find, I, you're gonna find I a I job. Fail, if I fail, I get to go, I, get, I automatically go somewhere else. Maybe for the known coaches that everybody knows, not for but these people. But if you have that, a like, head coach position, a head coach on your resume, you have that, that, that position on your resume, you will get a job. You will. Unless you're yes. like Rush Probst. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, screwing so, up. So, so, I, I, I'm glad, I'm glad nobody's going to hire so, I'm glad to know so, that if we go somewhere and we fail, it's like like we automatically get jobs. I I, I so, didn't know Solo, that. I didn't your, know that your was concern, Solo, your main concern is not the player mobility. Your concern is your job security. Is that it's not about the is job. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll get it's, it. I'll okay. Get it. Yeah, so, sure, sure. so so for 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 this situation. How often do you sign? Um, say, say you get hired to coach a college team, okay. you know, and you have one bad year. Are you going to be fired after that one bad year? Do you think you would? You could be, depending on how well you, you did. Well, following you the could be, you could be, you could be fired. You know, anywhere. But how likely? You're not very likely to be fired after one year. Maybe. How about two? Is that enough time to establish a culture and turn over your roster and, and bring in the players? I wouldn't even Basketball, say two years. Four. So, so you have four years to find some some sort of, of standing, some ground where you bring in players that you like, you bring in players that will play for you for, for multiple years and you build a program. If after those four years, you still don't have any signs of promise, am I sad that you have a rough time because of transfers and you get fired? No, your job is to produce and you've had years to do that. Now, if but you're dude, fired after one year or two years, I think that's kind of quick. And that says something about whoever the AD university is decided to to to. But that's also you on you for going to a university where you got people, you could have chosen, you could have, you could have found somewhere else. You could have taken another job. Bro, you at like, but like that, talking like that is almost like saying, bro, oh, like, it's my, it's not, it's like you suck at where you are currently right now. Oh, it's okay, bro. Just go down the street, bro. It, you're, it's going to work Trust out. Trust me, I know else. what it's, it's like it not to be able to find a job. I'm not saying it's, it's, you find a job like that. But at the end of the day, you are accountable for the situation that you are in. You may you have to take an assistant. That, you may have to take an assistant dope. coaching job. You may have to go down to high school. You may have to work yourself back up. But, you know, it comes with this territory. And you have to understand, okay, yes, it's going to be difficult. But those same coaches that, you know, I'm coaching against, 
uh, especially at these smaller tier programs, not not comparing a Valdosta State to a, a D1 program, but like the other D2s, it's going to be hard because you're not competing against mid-majors on the court. Yes, you may be targeting the same players, but find a strategy that works for you. If you find that finding high school players is better for you, then stick with high school and then pull in the occasional transfer to fill out your roster. But, you know, that's, it is what it is. Like that's the, that's what the job entails right now. Okay. Well, like I said, we just going to have to agree or disagree, but it's like, it's cool that like, it's like coaches can be like throwaway things, but kids don't have to be held accountable for heart. for what happens to those kids, but what happens to those coaches? It's like, but I feel y'all. It's like y'all just gotta live in that in that mode and be in that space to understand that it's like it's not as easy as y'all making it out to things. Like yeah. it's not easy. We're, we're not saying it's easy. easy. I'm it's just saying that that's, that's it's your easy job. For those high though. profile guys that can go and get it's not easy for those guys that can get talent at the drop of the whim. It's not easy for those guys that's grinding and having to develop kids, getting them taking one of them. We're not saying it's easy. Solo, it's not, I'm not saying it's easy. It's going to be a challenge and your job has changed with this rule. And I get that it's going to be difficult, but that's the job. That's in the job description. That's that's what's going on right now. And every yeah, coach right that's in, in that small market situation, that small team, like who's not Coach K, who's not John Calipari, they're going through that. It's not an isolated thing. Like we we understand that it's difficult. And I would hope that the universities who are hiring these coaches understand that it's going to take time to adjust. And they don't just, you know, at the flip of a switch, give up on a coach. Yeah, it's, we hope it's, not. It's everybody. We, we, we understand that. But you can't hold yeah. a kid accountable because he's not an employee. He's an amateur. That's what that? it is. That I mean, I would, I would lean more your way as far as signing, signing contracts and and all that sort of things. If it was, if we actually traded these athletes as what they were, we we can't we can't pick and choose when we decide that they are going to be treated like adults and when they're going to be treated like kids. Either they're treated like adults the entire time or they're treated like kids the entire time. And that's, hey. that's, that's the reality of the situation. Okay, so fine. Here's the middle ground, man. The only reason why the rule was made, the only reason why the rule was made is because the NCAA is selfish and they're not willing to, like, split the pot with these kids. What I'm yeah. saying is the, organiza the organization stays healthy and the coaches are, like, the middle guy is the one that suffers. That's all I'm saying. No, no. Like, I'm not, that's, 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 that's the way the world economy works. That's... I mean, it just sucks to be. I gotta teach. I gotta. I gotta is. teach bigger class sizes because the, my school would rather have have more APs than they actually need, and so that we can't hire as many physics teachers. So I gotta teach thirty five plus kids at once in a classroom built for twenty. But you know, that that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Well, by your but by your logic, just go get another job. It's cool. You're gonna. Who says I'm not right? trying? Who says I'm not trying? But that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, but like you saying that you got bigger class sizes, but what you're pretty much saying is, is that like, hey, you should be going by now because you're not happy. I tried. 
Okay, you have that's the freedom. Saying, right it's it's, it's solo, solo. We're not I'm saying, saying the freedom. To, I'm not saying that it's Garrett, but you have the freedom to move if you so choose. No, nah, but we just said that coaches are no matter. Hey, bro, you got to fit. I'm saying, yes, if you are a head coach, job, if you are a head coach and you, and you get fired from being a head coach, somebody will take you as a position coach in a heartbeat. Okay, that, so somebody should go ahead and take you as a, as a teacher in a heartbeat. That's not the same the thing. You got the time. That's oh, not the same oh, thing. Bro, I thought I thought it was. I, the way that we no, 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 talking, no, bro, no, 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 no. You're night. talking about you're talking about going from position coach to position coach in that situation. That's not what I'm talking about. Going from head coach to position, but you get fired as a principal, you can definitely easily find a job as a teacher. That's that's the, that's what we're comparing here. That's that's the if you, if you if if you said to me if I was a principal and I lost my job as a principal, I could find a job as a teacher. I don't I don't disagree with you on that fact. I'm not saying it's easy to go from a position coach to a position coach. That's not that's. But if you're a head coach and there's a position, there's a position coach opening on a on a team on a on a staff. So then, cool. Then, so what about them coaches then? So, but that's been the nature of it before this. That's change. the nature of it before all of this. Oh, okay, that hasn't that's changed. Team, but that's all I'm saying. So, uh, okay, that, that, I mean, but that's all I'm saying though. So, like at the end of the day, we first of all, because I gotta go get my head cut. We gonna have to agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, that's what I'm saying, bro. It's like giving one side of the equation so much power just because of the society that we live in ain't the right thing. Like I said, if I have to be held accountable, they gotta be held accountable. That's the way that I see it. I'm not gonna change my mind on it. But like I said, so if would you like, like to have the luxury to cut these players if, if they're gonna if they're gonna want to transfer like that? Would you like to have that? Cool. Yeah, let me do that. Okay. Let me take this scholarship where it don't where it don't count against my thing. Where I can go get another kid. Solo, oh, if you, I'll give Solo, you that. If you if don't want to be held I, I'm with you on that. Solo, if you don't want to be held responsible for these players, don't coach. Just don't coach because you know this coming. Hey, bro, into the hey, bro, job hey, hey, you're bro, going to be you, held if you don't want to be. Hey, if you don't want to be held responsible paying bills, bro, don't get a job. Hey, if you don't want to be held responsible right. for doing don't what get you a job, do, bro, go find something. Don't 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 get a job. Be a bum on the side. Don't. Of the I feel but you're, uh, you're complaining sense. about that something sense. that's 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 understood. That that's what it is. Like bro, we understand you're responsible. Un, bro, it, just because it's understood, you giving people up, you giving a kid more power and essentially more powerful, more power over a coach just because they can hold them by the by the by the by, by the ball. Like that's all I'm saying. It's like, no matter what we say, y'all can keep yelling at me, keep trying to change my mind. At the end of the day, bro, a player should not be able to hold a coach's balls in a college he setting. He shouldn't. Professional setting. But in a professional setting, go right ahead. Not even a – But, like, no. No, I'm not, not even a professional. Yes, as a professional setting because, bro, at that point, bro, we all professionals. We all making money. Like, let's go ahead and, like, like say it. If you ain't liking it, bro, go ahead and request a trade. Like, you a grown man at that point. I'm okay. But the fact that, a hey, Literally, somebody that's depending on me, you're not even living on anything by yourself. You don't have no income. And my job is depending on this, bro. You're never going to sit there and convince me that that person should have more power than me, bro. You're not, you're not going to. And that's exactly it. what we're moving to. Because he doesn't. He just, he just has power over himself. He doesn't have more power than you. You make the choices of that team. You decide who starts, who plays, who you want to cater to, and who you don't. He does not have more power than you. You just have to find a way to win. That is not more power. If he leaves, that's on him for leaving. Oh, Deal with the like consequences. Okay, we got to move move on from this. Um, but I mean, Solomon, I'm all for you being able to cut a player. If they want to transfer, you should have the right. To, you should have the right to cut them as well. Not offer them a scholarship the next year. I mean, if, if, if for me, if you want to be treated like an adult, be treated like an adult in all aspects. 
that's I think that's the reality of the situation. We 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 can't say, oh, we're gonna treat you like a kid in this situation, but we want to treat you like an adult in this situation. Either you're treated I like an adult or you're treated well. like a kid. That's 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 where uh, that's where that's where I'm really coming from with all this stuff. If we're gonna treat them like an adult, treat them like an adult at all times. They want to be treated like a kid, then you're gonna be treated like a kid the entire time. Don't 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 come all of a sudden come at me that I'm a grown ass man. I can do what I want to do, but then you you still want me to hold your hand in these situations. You, you can't have it both ways. It's got to be one or the other. That's my my thoughts on it. But we'll move on to petty moment of the week. Uh, we're running a little long, so if you guys can make your petty moments quick. Uh. Kevin Durant and Shannon Sharp had a little spat on uh, Twitter after Shannon Sharp went on national television and started talking trash about KD based off of a fake tweet. And instead of owning up to the mistake, Shannon Sharp doubled down and went in on uh, Kevin Durant, ended up blocking him, even though he was in the wrong, which I don't understand. Granted, Kevin Durant is a little... um, how can I put this uh, sensitive in the yep. social media world? But, you know, Shannon, that's not a good look. Just own up. You messed up. You read a fake tweet. Okay. Is what. So you got anything or are you, uh, your energy just gets gone at this point? You, you're muted if you say, if, if, if you try to say something. Oh, I was. I'm just saying I'm great. Okay. Okay. So we'll move on. My petty moment is uh, with Netflix. Um, if you don't know, they're doing a movie about Sean Payton's uh, time when he was suspended as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints and when he coached his son's peewee football team. The pettiness of this is that the fact they casted Kevin James, who plays Sean Payton. Um, there must be People that aren't fans of the Saints, if they chose Kevin James to play Sean Payton, I don't see the resemblance there. Uh, but the two uh, Twitter accounts of the, the Falcons and the Saints had a little fun with it. Um, I can't remember what the Falcons put on theirs. Uh, Lamoris, what did they put with the Falcons tweet? I don't remember. I saw it. I may have retweeted it. Yeah, I know you retweeted But the Saints responded by having a photoshopped uh, poster from the show King of Queens that Kevin James used to be on with Sean Payton on it and said, the king of beating Atlanta, which I thought was was pretty good right there. Uh, whether it's accurate or not, it's still petty at the end of the day. So I appreciate, it. I appreciated it for what it was. Uh, but we'll, we'll move on to final thoughts. Uh, we'll get out of here. Uh, what do you guys got? It's nice to see the MLS starting back up. Yeah. Atlanta United. Uh, I'll be in the stadium soon. Uh, slowly not, becoming not more and more of a real Atlanta team um, after their yeah. initial success. Yeah. As in disappointing finally, you when they're looking good and then disappointing you at the end. That's That's exactly what Atlanta teams do. Well, they they were just trash. We'll, we'll talk about them another day. We can talk about that another time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Falcons Falcons put up a, a poster of uh, Kevin James as a uh, Paul Bart Mall Club. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. With Sean Payton's head. Oh, um, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what are your final thoughts? 
that it's coaching is a tough. He got his hair cut. Uh, that coaching is a tough profession, and they need to be treated better. Uh, is, is that what you you would say is your final thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's he's nodding to us. Uh, he's currently in the, the the barber chair right now, finally getting his hair cut and not looking, you know, like quarantine style. But you know, we'll move on. Uh, my final thoughts is Varasta High School. You, you can pay me exactly what you paid Russ Probst, and I promise there will be no recruiting violations. I won't win as much as Russ Probst, but you know, I I guarantee everything will be above board. Uh, Russ I won't Probst didn't win. <laughs> He's won before coming to Valdosta. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. He didn't win anything, but <laughs> not not there. No, not there. But uh, I won't put any. Uh, I won't ask for petty cash on hand like he did. Uh, I promise that I won't have a secret second family like he did. I promise that I will not juice up my players. Why does anybody still hire Russ Probst at this point? I I really don't know. (laughs) I I mean, now you're talking about they have to, they they can't go to the playoffs next year. They have to forfeit like basically all of their wins from this past season because of ineligible players that were deemed ineligible. Which I, I think is kind of, kind of, I don't really like that because it's like, if you deem them ineligible after the fact, and then right. that, and then take away that doesn't really make sense to me. I don't think that's I, that's right. I just feel I'm okay with the fine that they charge them. No, that's I think please, they've Russ, got that in one pocket. What do you like? Yeah, Russ probably could have pulled that out of the petty cash folder that he had. Seventy five hundred dollars? Are you kidding me? That's nothing. Valdosta High Football Program has a bigger budget than all of right here. Valdosta State University's athletic department. You're at that point. You're only punishing the kids who are still there. True, and that's why I, I don't. I don't want it to be like some ridiculous amount of uh, fine. But still, like, like seventy five hundred dollars. Like, yeah, like, Pros really? just that's needs it? to be banned. Pros needs to be um, banned from coaching in Georgia. I like think all of high school. All not of- just Georgia. I think from all. I mean, he already had problems in Alabama before he came to Georgia. Right. He's banned from coaching I, sports in general. I mean, he had butted a player. I don't think the other states have uh, authority to ban. No, they him. don't. But I. That's, but if it and were, that's, uh, well, right. the, the National Federation of High School Sports would have the right to do that. NFHS. Mm. I, yeah, he he shouldn't coach high school again, and I I'm. I kind of want to say he shouldn't coach college, but uh, I feel like well, college I, is different. I feel like but I feel like he'd have more illicit things at his disposal if he went to college. We would have a lot more situations on our hands if he went to start coaching college. Yeah, but I, I don't see him getting another job anytime soon. I, so. I hope not. I don't I, think he deserves to get another job. I, I just don't see any school actually doing it. I I wouldn't want to be the first school to sign him. No, I would not. If, I would not. If I was an AD or a principal, I would, or a president of university, I would not. I would not touch. I would not even bring him in for an interview. I, I, I wouldn't touch that at all. Uh, but that's it. Um, got a little bit more heated than we thought we were going to be today. Uh, we will see y'all next week. Be safe. We love you. This has been Off the Cut Sports. Have a good week. Solo, can you hold your phone up for a second?
Solo, can, can you hold your phone up? I'm trying to see you. No, no, yeah, I don't think he cares. He's done with us Dang. for today. I don't like your cut, then, G. <laughs> and say it's fresh. Lean. All right, then. All right. See y'all next week. Enjoying life, Solo. Enjoying life. JT uh, looks focused right now. That are frozen. Laser. No, he's he's just focused.